1: Good afternoon, this is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. Phuket Kiara remains as one of the few large green open spaces found right here in Kuala Lumpur and is a hugely popular recreational site for urbanites in the Klang Valley. The Green Lung also provides a number of ecosystem services, including flood mitigation and erosion and landslide prevention, just to name a few. But with the whole area not fully gazetted and protected, there is still work to be done to protect this vital space from more development. So today on the show, I catch up with IR Dr. Kribben Ananda the President of Environmental Rights NGO Friends of Bukit Kiara, for an update on everything the group has been working on and to discuss why they continue to fight for the preservation of this area as a whole. Welcome, Dr. Kribben. How are you today?
2: Very well. Thank you, uh, Judith, for uh, this opportunity again.
1: My absolute pleasure. It's so good to have you back on the show. So, yes, we caught up last year. I think it's almost exactly a year since our previous interview, Dr. Grubin. And you gave us an excellent rundown of the history of the place, uh, you know, of Bukit Kiara. I think just for the benefit of those who might not remember, can you just remind us, you know, we know the area was a forest. It was then developed into the Bukit Kiara rubber estate. Uh, Currently, it's gazetted as a federal park, but I think subject to some existing leases in the park. Right. Can you tell us about that?
2: That's right. If you remember, in 2020, uh, we were able to get the uh, gazettement of the uh, of the park, uh, partial gazettement, two thirds of it, in fact. Uh, we have about 400 acres, and two thirds of that was gazetted at that time. And part of the problem was that uh, the there were two, uh, uh, there were a couple of leases, uh, which were already with uh, in private hands uh, in the park, uh, and uh, so the full gazettement couldn't go ahead. Um, but these leases are actually going to expire in 2027. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are very hopeful, and in fact, that's that's the promise we were given uh, to go ahead with the partial uh, you know, um, gazettement. Is that in uh, 2027 these will then revert back to, uh, to the government, and uh, the whole of the green lung will be, or what's remaining of the green lung will be uh, gazetted.
1: Mm-hmm. And maybe that's something people need reminding of as well. It's not not the whole area is gazetted as such. You know, can you explain that to us?
2: Yeah, you know, uh, when when government acquired uh, Kit Kiara, there was something like uh, 1,500 acres uh, of rubber estate uh, which came into government hands. Uh, And if you remember uh, when we discussed it last time, we were talking about this and how this was taken over as uh, a green lung development. It was basically supposed to have been maintained as a green lung but in the intervening years as we all know uh, there's been a lot of developments uh, of course there's some of them some of those developments were basically to do with uh, institutional type uh, uh, facilities and so on but you know in the 90s we had the we had the commercial uh, golf course coming in uh, and many other private developments so out of that 1,500 acres, we only have a quarter left. uh, That's 400 acres, and that's what we're trying to protect currently.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. And, you know, for this segment especially, I love to talk about the ecosystem and the biodiversity of the area, right? And it has been described, and you've described it as well, as a regenerating forest. Can you help explain that to us?
2: Yeah, you know, if you think about uh, a rubber plantation, basically what what happened then was that uh, a lot of the uh, area was cut down for the commercial development. Uh, But I think, Kiara had a couple of fortunate uh, things uh, to its uh, advantage. One was that because it was fairly a hilly terrain, so not all of that green lung was cut, cut away. Uh, so, you know, the planters uh, developed, uh, you know, in the last uh, turn of the century, last last century, uh, you know, parts of that uh, green lung. So it became a rubber estate. And so there's always parts of that land which are still under, you know, forest cover, mm-hmm. uh, although, you know, uh, small parts of it. And then we had also the advantage that in the north of Kiara, there was a the land had been rec- uh, basically you uh, know protected in 1912, I, I believe, uh, as a Malay reserve. So there was no real development there. I mean, there were smallholders, uh, owners, and so on, but there was no major uh, development in the north of Kiara. Mm. So adjoining to us, uh, there was always this amazing green lung, uh, which had been there for, for years. Of course, a lot is happening now in the last couple of years, and uh, you know, uh, let's hope uh, you know that doesn't all disappear, but. Uh, at, at least in the intervening years the 40 or so years uh, since government took over the uh, this this particular piece of land in the uh, mid 70s onwards uh, you know we've had basically no development in in Kiara proper uh, or this 400 acres which we are looking at and so uh, you know the because the biodiversity was already there previously this has slowly come back uh, to you know basically uh, overco- overtake the uh, the, the, the rubber estate and the rubber trees are still there some of them, but many of them have given way to you know uh, natural growth uh, of the, what was originally the forest there and this is also because uh, you know the, the the fauna and flora have been able to develop and so on. Also add, to add to that, uh, I think what has happened in the last 20 years particularly is that uh, JLN uh, has already also had uh, the, our Javatan landscape has also had a policy or, or a, a program of replanting you know uh, the original forest uh, uh, trees and so on and that has happened uh, with varying degrees of success but we do have you know a regenerating forest because of uh, of that because you know uh, some of these um, these these major hardwood trees uh, would not be able to develop unless you have this kind of intervention because you know you need a lot of uh, fauna to be able to uh, actually regenerate that kind of forest. Mm
1: -hmm. But it is happening. That's the most important thing, right? Indeed,
2: indeed. Yes. 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 And
1: I know from aerial views and photos, you can actually see it, isn't it? That's
2: right. Yeah. So it's in fact, you know, the discussions we've had uh, uh, over the last couple of years, we've had an assembly of uh, scientists and enthusiasts, uh, people who are very knowledgeable about, uh, about the green lung and about biodiversity and so on. And I think all the feedback we're getting is that this is an incredibly biodiverse uh, you know, uh, site, uh, surprisingly so, uh, from, from the comments and so on we've had. So, yeah, we have a very unique uh, green lung and we have a very unique uh, resource which we, w- we would like to pr- uh, protect for perpetuity.
1: Mm-hmm. And I want to elaborate more on that, that amazing biodiversity that we're talking about. I mean, we are talking about, yes, the climate crisis, but we're also talking about the biodiversity loss crisis, isn't it? And, yes. you know, here in this little island, you know, almost of, of greenery that we have, uh, so much can be found there. Let's talk a little bit about you know, some of the wildlife that, that survived all the development of the area. So there's, there's mammals, we've got the herpetofauna. we've got uh, birds, butterflies, insects, fishes. Talk to me about the mammals, some of the unique ones we can find.
2: Well, I mean, you know, it, it's incredible. In fact, we, we've, uh, we've been very fortunate in the last uh, six months or so, uh, we managed to assemble a, a whole uh, list of uh, nature enthusiasts and uh, scientists as well as people who are volunteering and, you know, basically doing their own little investigations of Kerra. Mm. So we brought all of these, uh, these people together um, to, if you like, uh, you know, just understand what is there, you know. Uh, so we have uh, uh, people who have been doing bird watching and, you know, documenting this. Uh, we have uh, people who have been doing night surveys and, you know, recording the snakes and the amphibians and so on and so forth. Uh, and uh, so we've, we've managed to assemble this uh, together into a little booklet. Uh, and I, I did share that with you a few days ago. Yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's just incredible. I mean, you know, I think, uh, you know, when you, when you start going through the list of uh, different types of um, uh, animals that, which are there, some of them very unique, some of the plants, the fauna and flora. I mean, it's overwhelming, actually. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, in, in a sense, you know, when you think of such a small space and the fact that it it was uh, became a monoculture the last uh, last century, mm-hmm. uh, and now you know it's this amazing, you know, uh, biodiverse, uh, you know, green lung. And we've called the booklet the uh, uh, sanctuary in the city, and I think it's quite an apt, uh, you know, uh, for title sure. for it. Yeah, for sure. So about, about the uh, mammals, for example, you know, we have uh, the white thigh, surili uh, monkeys. We have uh, we've uh, seen otters here. Uh, squirrels, of course, uh, you know there's, there's the Sununda loris. I mean, you know it, it's it's quite quite amazing actually, you know in, in this in this area. And then of course, in terms of the her fauna, there's a whole series of different types of snakes. In fact, I think there are something like twenty seven snake species, uh, 15 lizard species, there are five turtle species and something like 18 frog and toad species so far recorded. I mean, it's 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 incredible. Yeah, you know? uh, it's,
1: yeah. And, you know, folks, you know, I, I'm a fan of the Facebook page, you know, and folks just going for their regular hikes, you know, we'll take all these lovely photos, yes, you know, of, indeed. you know, they come across. Of course, treating it very respectfully, uh, we must always remember that. And you guys even have, you know, um, one of the most threatened species present, the Sunda pangolin has been spotted there before. In,
2: in, indeed, in, uh, it has. And, uh, you know, of course, this is something which uh, we were uh, two minds about, you know, actually putting it into the booklet. But I think, Know, because it's obviously a endangered species., mm-hmm. uh, but it's interesting that somehow this has survived uh, in this in this area. And mm-hmm. of course, that also s- begins to tell us something about the fact that the you know the green lungs are interconnected in some way. I mean, and this is not coming just you know from Chiara. Yeah, uh, there must be some kind of interconnectivity. And this is something which, uh, it, we'd like to see uh, a, a bit more work done on to see how we can encourage that uh, that connections yeah. uh, between the different green lungs uh, in, in the Klang Valley.
1: Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know enough people who go there for bird watching. It's, mm. you know, so many birds are there. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that after this quick break. I'm speaking today to Dr. Kribananda Naidu. He's the president of the Friends of Bukit Kiara group. They are, of course, an environmental NGO. Uh, we're talking more about, you know, Bukit Kiara and of course, you know, all the plans that the group has for the area. We'll continue that discussion. After this quick break, you're listening to Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on the Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs in the studio with me today is IR Dr. Kribananda Naidu. He's the president of Friends of Bukit Kiara. They are, of course, an NGO, an environmental rights NGO, uh, looking to preserve and protect the area. Uh, and today we're talking about Bukit Kiara. I think always lovely place to talk about, you know. And before the break, Dr. Kriban was reminding us about the you know the history of the area and also the amazing biodiversity, uh, you know, found in this small little area alone. And of course, you know, my favourite discovery of all about Bukit Kiara, we spoke about, you know, the mammals and all of that, but fireflies. I think, you know, people like me, for example, and I'm ashamed to admit it, we only thought we could find them in Kuala Selangor these days, but they're right here in, um, in Bukit Kiara as well, right?
2: Indeed. Uh, you know, I think, um, actually, this is, uh, uh, came, came about a couple of years ago. Uh, and one of our members, uh, during a night walk, uh, you know, um, encountered the fireflies. And then brought it to our, note, our notice. And then, uh, of course, uh, none of us knew anything about fireflies, <laughs> so uh, so we thought, who do we contact? And then, you know, of course, it was MNS, uh, Malaysian Nature Society, uh, and we contacted them. And uh, they sent uh, Stephen Wong, uh, who was, uh, you know, very knowledgeable about this area, and in fact, runs a group on fireflies. So he came and he spent some time with us. And in fact, he started to do some solitary walks himself, uh, you know, in the evenings and so on. And then after a few months, basically said to us, look, you have something really unique here uh, and maybe we should explore a little bit more. And that's how it started, you know, uh, the interest. So uh, that was, what, two or three years ago. Um, and we, we set up a small group uh, uh, and uh, did some night surveys, uh, you know, and then also encouraged people to come with us, you know, and, and discover it. Then I think for us, the seminal moment was probably in uh, just before the pandemic, uh, we had a public meeting We were going to talk about fireflies. And, you know, usually when we have our public meetings, you know, 20, 30 people turn up, you know, Mm -hmm. and the response was just overwhelming. Mm -hmm. uh, We had about 400 people who were interested to come, you know, for this Mm -hmm. uh, this event. And then we suddenly realized, look, this is something which, you know, obviously people are really interested in. And we need to uh, maybe, you know, uh, spend a bit more time with it. So... Cutting a long story short, uh, you know, a series of meetings, we met up with some of the, uh, there was a scientist who was quite involved uh, in Firefly, her, her research was in, in this area. Uh, we managed to get her to come and do a short, uh, in a study. And with that information, we were able to then, uh, you know, do a, a, a fairly comprehensive proposal uh, to uh, the uh, small grants program, uh, the GF uh, small grants program uh, through UNDP and got some funding, Uh, and since that time we've been, for the last one year, we've been doing an amazing project, uh, gathering a lot of information uh, with our partners. Uh, And, you know, uh, this has been an incredible journey, actually. There's a lot to talk about, uh, you know, in terms of that. For example, um, we've discovered there are something like seven firefly species uh, Mm -hmm. in a very small area. Mm -hmm. And I'm told um, by Frim, uh, Dr. Nada, who is uh, one of our partners, a scientist, uh, this is quite unusual uh, for an area of this size. Um, but of course, uh, you know, uh, when, when we talk about fireflies, we need to also distinguish the type of fireflies we have here. Yeah, these are called uh, what are generally referred to as solitary firefly, fireflies. They're not the congregating type we see at uh, Lango and sure. so on. Uh, yeah. And so these are on the ground, in the leaf litter, and so on and so forth. So they're not the same you know, uh, thing. But uh, But having said that, they're still very magical. Yeah. Yeah, 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 of course. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, and of course, you know that citizen science project—that's something that we spoke about, uh, you know, when we when you came on the show yes, last year—and yes. that has been a resounding success as well, right?
2: Indeed. So this uh, this project, uh, which we, which has been funded by the uh, Small Grants Program, um, was uh, one of the things we thought we would try and do is to develop um, a citizen science approach. I mean, again, we are all very raw to this, but uh, fortunately, with our scientists involved and so on. We realised very quickly that uh, one of the impediments to doing this kind of work for the scientists is that they just don't have the manpower. Because, you know, I mean, if you think about, it, you know, a couple of scientists going around treading around into a green lung and getting information, there's there's a limit to what you can do. So, with the with the scientists, we then developed a protocol, a fairly um, a simple protocol for a day survey and a night survey trained some of our volunteers. And it was in, quite interesting. We actually started to advertise this uh, this thing. And eventually we had about 100 volunteers involved, which yeah, is right? yeah. so amazing.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, and um, of that, you know, now we probably have about 12 to 15 who are very committed and they are going to become our Firefly Ambassadors. So, you know, the idea there was to get data collected with citizen scientists, uh, and then the data is sent back to the scientists for review and so on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the uh, the outcome of this has been that we have been able to do in one year uh, a lot, uh, which could not have been achieved if just you know we had just engaged two scientists to come along. You know, yeah. uh, and uh, for us, what it's been uh, what has been amazing is that we have also empowered people. You know, and suddenly we are we are ordinary citizens being able to contribute to science. You know. Uh, And of course, the citizen science movement is a very old one. It's been around for many, many years. Uh, But for us, it's new here, uh, and I think you know it's something which we are hoping to then uh, work towards other uh, areas of interest. Like, for example, okay, we've done this on fireflies. We can do something similar on birds and you know uh, uh, the other pollinators in the in, in the green lung and so on and so forth. So the idea is to see whether we can use this approach to extend our you know our understanding of the green lung, mm-hmm. and also to engage. And of, I know, course. of course, you know all of us can get involved, which is amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so to to participate and see that uh, that data being used, uh, and you know then. Uh, it has, I think, a quite an amazing uh, potential uh, mm-hmm. enough for us to move forward.
1: Mm-hmm. So this current project, the Firefly one, is it, is it over? Is it an ongoing project?
2: So we had a, a funding for about a year or so. But in fact, in, because of the pandemic, it was extended uh, to about 15 months. Um, what uh, we are hoping to do, because we have generated so much interest and people, and many people couldn't come because of the lockdowns. We had limits to the number of people who could, could go mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So we are hoping to keep this going. Uh, We have set up a subcommittee uh, now, a permanent subcommittee uh, of uh, the ambassador, of the people who have been very interested. And um, in fact, uh, we have been running it to some extent on our own for the last month or two. Uh, And uh, you know, the enthusiasm is there, and people want to carry on. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think we will basically keep it going as long as there's interest. Uh, And uh, because we have the protocols, we know what to what data to collect and how to collect it, and so on. And uh, the scientists who have been involved, although we, the funding is over, uh, have also said they are very willing to keep helping, uh, you know, keep us on, on the right track, so to speak. Okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it's been quite incredible, really, in that yeah. sense, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So, I mean, getting the people involved, I think that's always the, I mean, that's something that we spoke about last year as indeed. well, right? Getting community uh, yeah. engagement and all of that. And let's spend a little bit of time talking about the Friends of Bukit Kiara now, right? So uh, maybe just, you know, for those who don't know, can you remind us about the group, how you guys came to be, and what it is that you guys do?
2: Yeah, I mean, the uh, FOBK has a long, long history, actually. It uh, starts off uh, really in the 90s uh, as part of the uh, Residents Association. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a couple of individuals in the uh, TTDIRA who were very interested and uh, who were basically you know, uh, trying to keep the flag uh, going. Uh, and I think it started also because, uh, if, you, if, I, if you remember the history, we started uh, with the government acquisition in 75 or so. Uh, and then by the early 90s, it became obvious that the promise of converting this into a, a, a green lung for Kuala Lumpur was not going to materialize yeah. uh, there were a lot of developments uh, and I think uh, as soon as the uh, the golf course started to develop everybody realized you know that this promise was uh, was not being kept uh, and so the activism started in, in Kiara in uh, Tamantun itself uh, with the residents Association and then uh, you move on to say the year 2000 or so there was an interim committee set up by IR uh, who's uh, the late IRlu who was very, very passionate about the Green Lung. I set it up. Uh, and in fact, it was run as a loose committee for almost until the until 2014, I believe. Mm. Uh, and um, it was only in 2014 that it got formalized into a group uh, and registered with the ROS and so on and so forth. And then um, the first president then was Tan Sri Saleh. Uh, and then I took over in 2018. And so we've uh, basically been running as a... Uh, as a group, for about uh, I think we're in fact we're going to we're approaching our ninth AGM uh, um, soon. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's been it's been. But the history is a long one. I think you know, it's quite interesting. In fact, re- recently we had a roundtable with uh, some of the government agencies and our CBOs uh, friends who are working with the other community-based organisations, and in uh, Chahvis, uh, who is the chairman of. Uh, of uh, TTIRA. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was attending and uh, I, was, I was just uh, uh, making the point that, you know, he was in fact one of the, the first secretary when the organization was formalized ah. under, with country uh, Saleh. Okay. So, you know, uh, there's that connection uh, there with the community and I think that's part of the reason why we have such a strong, you know, uh, following and a strong group and I, I hope that, you know, commitment from the TTIRA and other mm-hmm. community organizations here in Tamantun will continue but also We've had a lot of support from the the, the wider uh, community in the Klang Valley, which mm-hmm. has been fantastic. Because I think the the Green Lung is used by many people, not only you know oh, our sure. residents here, and mm-hmm. you know you can see people coming from all over. You know, uh, so I think uh, we we hope that will continue, of course.
1: Mm-hmm. And the numbers are huge, isn't it? I mean, you've got you've got some numbers, isn't it, of the amount of visitors you guys get?
2: That's right. In fact, from uh, before the pandemic, uh, JLN had records. Uh, they were talking about you know something like seven thousand uh, visitors over the weekends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know during the week itself there were you know quite a lot of people also visiting and um, i think now uh with the pandemic of course things slowed down uh, but things are beginning to come back uh, in so i think a lot of people are using the facilities and uh you know the the point is that uh i think one of the things that which has happened during the pandemic is that people have started to appreciate all of these uh you know uh, so there's a lot of new people who have come into the uh, Green Lang. So. I suspect that, uh, you know, the next time we do any uh, uh, records, it'll be probably even more people who are using the facility.
1: Yes, and like you said, you know, it's not just a Tamantun, you know, neighbourhood sort of thing or Kiara or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's you know, Klang Valley as a whole, right? Yeah, and people yeah. who come to visit also, you know, it's a place to go and visit. You That's know, right. everybody is really dying for some green uh, lungs to In- go. Indeed. Yeah, and we've got the hikers, we've got the cyclists. Not f- Let's not forget about the cyclists right. as well, exactly. who, you know, works very hard to create all these different trails, yes, isn't indeed, it? Indeed,
2: indeed, exactly, and... Uh, I think, you know, uh, as I was mentioning the booklet, we've managed to bring that history together, uh, you know, uh, of how the trails were set up uh, in the 90s. And, you know, the the credit goes to the bikers because they had a commitment uh, to... Building these trails uh, with uh, basically to international standards, you know. Uh, mm. This is why they are still there. I yeah. mean, after you know, uh, 30 odd years, so I, I think yeah, that community has been very important. And then, of course, the hikers uh, who are there on a regular basis, and then, of course, you have the families as well, right? Yes. Uh, because it's such an amazing little uh, space for uh, just small kids and so on. I mean, my, my kids grew up here, so now we used to spend a lot of time there as well, you know. So, I think. Uh, yeah, the 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 um, it's it's got a uh, amazing appeal, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the point is that we have so few of these, you know, uh, exactly. And this is where you know I think the protection of Kiara and the other green lungs is so important.
1: Mm-hmm. And of course, you know you guys have been engaging with uh, not just the wider public but also other stakeholders as well. right? Maybe you can tell me a little bit about all those sorts of different engagements you've been doing.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you know what what we've realized is that uh, we we can't work in isolation. Uh, we have the same issues uh, with many other green lungs in the, in, the, in the Klang Valley. And all of us, the different uh, community-based organizations, are at different levels of maturity, if you like to call it, uh, and different strengths. Uh, and so what we've tried to do over the last few years is to um, engage uh, with the other CBO friends in other areas uh, so that either to work together in some projects, uh, which of course is important, or also to share our experience, because I think you know, uh, the smaller groups can share and you know, do other things in their areas uh, with, with the support. And I think that's been something which uh, we've been very conscious of. Uh, and we have some of our, our members who are, in fact, spending a lot of time you know, with this uh, uh, you know, uh, in terms of supporting other green lung organisations and supporting uh, you know, other courses and so on. And I think that's been really good. So we've been having regular meetings. And then recently we had a sort of a roundtable discussion uh, with our, uh, you know, government departments as well as uh, the CBOs, and the dialogue was just amazing. I mean, the the feedback has been very good. Um, people had a lot of ideas of how we can move forward. And then we also have, uh, you know, our partners uh, UNDP, the Small Grants Program. They have a vision for uh, some projects starting uh, later this year, uh, because they have this funding which comes through uh, every, and their funding periods are about three to four years, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the new funding round starts in October. And they also have ideas about trying to see how they can support uh, all these groups and how we can support, uh, you know, uh, a greater a greater KL, uh, you know, uh, awareness of okay. gr- Green Lungs rather than, you know, uh, a little, uh, you know. Uh, uh, so I think when I was talking to you earlier that we are, we are looking at, uh, say, Green Lung connectivities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's amazing if you look at the aerial maps, uh, originally Kiara, uh, uh, Taman Ilmu in MU the University of Malaya Kota Damansara and then Bukit Lanjang all of these places were in a way connected and okay. because of development they've all become inter you know uh, dispersed and right. fragmented yeah? mm-hmm. so um, so can we do something to reconnect those things I mean it'll be incredible if, if we can do that because that what I've learnt in the last few years uh, with all these scientists and inputs is that the green lungs uh, exist if uh, only if you have this movement of fauna and that movement can only take place if there's connectivity, right? Yeah. Uh, and this, the larger that connectivity, the larger the space, the more and uh, diverse uh, the, uh, the, the, the what you call the biodiversity is going to be. So there's something to be said for uh, you know, encouraging that. And I think you know we we are hoping that um, with all the different connections we've made over the last uh, three four years. That uh, you know, once uh, there is uh, funding for this kind of work, we can work as partners. You know, in, in looking at the, at the wider Klang Valley, mm-hmm. because I think that's what we need uh, to to make sure that you know we don't get into this uh, totally unbridled development where you know everything you know just gets uh, you know uh, developed. You know exactly.
1: Uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, and I, I purposely mentioned in the in my introduction that, you know, the, these sorts of ecosystem services, I mean, the sort of ecosystem services forests like Bukit Kiara provide is, you know, flood mitigation, right? Erosion and uh, landslide prevention, all the things that we've been seeing happening around us. And again, like you said, you know, that connectivity is so important because uh, we need to protect the whole area, isn't yeah, that's it? That's right, yeah. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, I mean, the flooding is an interesting one. I mean, in December, if you remember, we had a whole series of floods yeah. in the Klang Valley. and um, And, you know, I think... For the first time in uh, Taman Tun, I mean Taman is is uh, very well designed. I mean it's got an amazing stormwater drain system and so on. Uh, but even with that, with the kind of ferocity of the storms, uh, we we had a collapse of uh, uh, one of our drains, right? Uh, one of our uh, systems.
1: You can see it right here yeah, from this a- office. Ab- absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, you right can now. indeed.
2: Yeah. When you just think about it, if if not for the green lung, and if not for all of these trees and the and the protection that that provides we would have had a massive flooding in Tamantin. Yeah. Uh, and people don't realize this, you know, mm-hmm. and I think um, if, we, if we lose this, uh, that's what we're going to have to deal with, you know, and, uh, and we only have 400 acres and, you know, we, we really must somehow protect this. Uh, to 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 be able to mitigate some of these long-term effects, and this is we are seeing this everywhere in the country, right? Everywhere
0: mm-hmm. uh, so, across yeah, the world,
2: really. Exactly. Yeah, uh, indeed, indeed, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: And I guess you know what I really like about uh, friends of Bukit Kiara is you also you know you don't shy away from um, you know engaging with the authorities as well, right? Mm. And you have lots of um, discussions with them and all of that. I mean, how is that going? How are you fostering those?
2: You know, I, I think, you know, uh, we, we've, uh, we we would obviously like to have more uh, discussions. Um, but we've been quite fortunate uh, with the Jabhatan Landscape, uh, who have been managing, uh, you know, Bukit Kera. We have had some very enthusiastic uh, civil servants who have been involved. Uh, and we've engaged with them. Uh, and uh, that's been very useful. For example, I mean, just to give you a, a practical example. I mean, when we did the Firefly project, mm. if you remember, uh, the Green Lung was under lockdown
1: that's you true. know yeah.
2: uh, and you know we we were really in a situation where we had funding and we couldn't go into to do the study right mm-hmm. uh and with uh, discussions and communications with uh pon mariam at the time who was the person in charge we were able to get some special dispensations because you know it was for small groups we were under control conditions we had all the precautions taken uh but you know it's that kind of uh, uh relationship? What do you call? relationship and help you know Mm-hmm. Which, which is important. So, so we were able to carry on with the project, although there were some delays. And of course, it made it much more difficult and smaller groups and so on. But still, we were able to gather the information and you know, it didn't uh, get completely stopped. So that's one, one example of how you we know, work together. But I think in the recent dialogue, it's been quite interesting. We, we were trying to understand what is it, how is it that we can help in that process? You mm-hmm. know? Um, because I think uh, we, we forget that there are limitations uh, within the government departments as well. So one of the things which came up, which is quite interesting in the dialogue, was that um, there really aren't any KPIs for civil servants to work with CBOs, ah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, uh, mm-hmm. that, that seemed to be something which uh, was quite a glaring omission. So, I mean, if we are talking about, you know, trying to go with the UN SDG goals and developing our, you know, com- climate policy and so on and so forth, it seems like a very simple thing which we need to address, right? So that means... We work with civil servants. That means if they come and spend a day with us, they're not going to get rewarded for it in any way. I mean, that's not right, right? I mean, because this is very important. This is the crux of the matter, right? So I think, um, so these are little things, I think, you know, which we can start to maybe, you know, uh, 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 develop a conversation and try and get our authorities to look at it. Because I think, ultimately, uh, if uh, if we want to protect the green lungs, we need to have that uh, dialogue, that working together, the the citizens and and, and government uh, organisations. I mean, the government can't do it on its own. It's just too much to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we can't do it on our own because we need to have the support uh, for this to be done. So I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, moving uh, with that, uh, you know, working together. But we have been very fortunate uh, in Burkitt Kara. I don't think um, this is the... The problem, of course, also is that we can't replicate this everywhere because every... Uh, uh, you know, Green Lung is managed in a different way. Some of them come under you know uh, forest uh, protection. Ours is more uh, landscape protection, and so on and so forth. So there are different things to understand there. Um, yeah. But uh, I think you know um, having these dialogues are important, uh, and uh, hopefully we can you know uh, move forward. In fact, at that dialogue we also had um, uh, YB Hanayo, uh, and uh, we asked her to talk about parliamentary support and how we, how do we work with parliamentarians. And you know, and, and she had some very interesting you know uh, observations about. Uh, how to engage and so on and so forth. So I think, you know, it's important that we uh, we do that. But we are really at the beginning. I think there's a lot to be done because, you know, we don't have... One of our problems we find is that we really don't know who to deal with sometimes.
0: Yes. You know, yes, uh, yes. you
2: know we, we uh, every uh, green lung has got state control, it's got federal issues. Has So there are different government different departments at different levels which need to be engaged. And somehow, you know, we need to find a mechanism to break down those uh, communication barriers because, you know... One and the federal government is not talking to the state government, and you know, uh, and the different agencies are having different uh, priorities. And really, we should all have one priority, and they all come together. You know, and that's something which I think we are a long way to do, but. Hopefully, these dialogues can help to stimulate that discussion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's so interesting, Dr. Kribben. I mean, any conservationist that I speak to always say there is not enough conversations about conservation. You know, that's across, you know, anywhere. You speak to the marine biologists, you speak to the folks trying to protect the forest, you know, fauna, anything, yeah. that lack of conversation. And they say that is the most, as you said, it's, yeah. it's key. It is yeah. the most vital thing that yeah. we need to get sorted. We just need to go for one more uh, quick break, you know, to hear from our sponsors. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about the AGM that's coming up. I'm speaking today to IR, Dr. Kribben. He's the president of the Friends of Bukit Kiara. We are talking about Bukit Kiara. Uh, We'll continue that discussion again after this quick break. You're listening to Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on the bigger picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. Joining me in the studio today is IR Dr. Kribbanandan Naidu. He is the president of Friends of Bukit Kiara, which is of course a uh, an environmental rights NGO looking to you know look out for the for the protection you know and the interests of Bukit Kiara. Um, so before the breaks, we were speaking to Dr. Kribben about you know the history of the area and also how Friends of Bukit Kiara have been engaging with all the different stakeholders you know to to protect and preserve this really really vitally important area. Uh, now, Dr. Kribben, I understand there is an upcoming coming AGM which is happening on the 3rd of July can you tell us about that
2: yeah uh, this is our ninth AGM um, it's uh, happening on the 3rd of July as you mentioned uh, at 2 p.m uh, to about four or so 4 30 uh, we're having it at uh, the work co-working space uh, at uh, in Damansara shopping mall uh, TtDI uh, so I think you know it's uh, if of course you know if uh, uh, it's open to members, uh, so you know if anybody wants to uh, to attend, of course they can, uh, and uh, we are calling our our members to come and obviously you know uh, provide as much support uh, for the AGM. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an election year, so there's going to be a lot of uh, you know uh, interesting discussions about uh, how we go forward uh, in terms of the future. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll also discuss of Course, the projects uh, we've we been doing with the last couple of years uh, and including the booklet and so on and so forth. So, I think you know it'll be a quite an interesting uh, AGM to attend. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And if somebody's interested to you know be part of that but they're not a member of the group, can they you know just come there and and sign up? You know, is there what's the process like? Yeah,
2: uh, you, you can join, uh, there's no, no problem. There, there, there'll be a, a, a process for joining up. Um, you can become uh, members uh, and, and, and attend the AGM, yeah, for sure.
1: Okay, yeah. all right. So, that's the glow damansara, right? Yes, indeed, okay, yeah. all right. And anyone can. And I guess you know, you know, you've been president since what was it, 2018? You yeah. were saying, right? I guess just kind of looking back, what are you most proud of? You know, from these past few years.
2: No, I, I think uh, you know, we've uh, we, we set out to try and uh, you know uh, develop some kind of a vision and mission and so on. I think we have done that. Um, um, but I think the uh, the, the, the the most uh, important thing is that we've been we've been able to engage. Uh, uh, with quite a lot of people, uh, and not only engaged in the sense that, you know, become members and so on, but people who have become actively involved, mm-hmm. um, particularly in the last year with the Citizen Science Project and, you know, getting new people involved, people who have never been, you know, uh, involved with the Green Lung in, in in some ways. So that's been very good. Uh, so we've got a really nice team. Um, but I think the the, the most uh, uh, rewarding thing has been pulling together all of these uh I mean you know this booklet uh, has been a contribution of about 17 uh, individuals uh, who have come together Mm -hmm. uh, all volunteers uh who have helped to with the photographs we helped with the contents uh, and then we had uh, an incredible writer who sort of helped to put put all of this together uh, and you can see from the design uh, we also had an incredible uh, designer uh, and uh, so you know it's it's a it's brought a lot of people together with people who had information in their, you know, yeah. in, their, in their heads, you know, and yeah. suddenly we have been able to bring all of this together. And some of the people who are involved, in fact, went back and took some additional pictures uh, to, 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 to give it to us. And so, so it's been an amazing effort over mm-hmm. the last six months. Uh, and I think it's a good starting point in terms of a record of what we have. And I'm, I'm, I think this is going to be, uh, I think, a, a, a good, uh, you know, a, a what do you call? Um record of how we move forward basically mm-hmm. you know? there's mm-hmm. a lot more to be done
1: yeah, yeah. and I, I just want to talk a little bit about this booklet which is lovely you know i'm so glad you gave it to me it's got even a map of bukit Kiara, you know for anyone who wants to go visit the area it's got information right from the origins of you know panchala to uh you know to how you know this uh, park came to be um how can folks get their hands on it you know um, is it i know there's a limited uh, supply right. at the moment yes. but uh, what are some plans
2: Okay. What we're tr- we going to do is, uh, um, uh, firstly, we are trying to distribute it to our members. Uh, of okay. course, that's not that's easier said than done. So uh, <laughs> we're, we're trying to get that done. Uh, so hopefully, um, we will do, by the AGM. Uh, once the AGM is done, we would have done that. Uh, we've got all the booklets to our members. Then we will know, uh, you know, how much we have left. Uh, also, we are distributing it to, of course, the uh, our agency, government agencies and uh, some of our uh, partners and so on. Uh, so all, all of that hopefully will be done uh, by the time the AGM is done. Uh, and once we have, uh, after that, we are hoping if all goes well, we will be, it'll be available for sale. Uh, and then, you know, we will ad- advertise uh, uh, where and how and okay. so on and so forth at that time. Because, uh, you know, it's just... We are then if, if if there's a lot of demand, we may have to do another print run and so on and so forth. So that might take some time as well. So, you know, uh, we, are, we are hoping that... Uh uh, maybe after in sometime in July, uh, we'll be a bit clearer about how this is going to be made available to everybody else. Okay,
1: yeah. all right. Okay, So I'm one of the fortunate few who have it. Uh, I can't tell you how much I love it. I've made my children look at it. They were delighted. They can't wait to go and visit as well. You know, just looking at all the pictures of Indeed. all the different things. that be like, nice. Yeah, so we're really excited. So um, I guess, you know, just before I let you go, Dr. Cribben, um, any, any last message that you'd like to leave us with? I suppose, you know, why we should all go and visit maybe, Bukegara?
2: Indeed, I think, you know, um, uh, ultimately there's... Uh, uh, the, the protection of the green lung b- depends on you and you and I, right? So uh, all of us have to be involved. Uh, we can't leave this to legislation or you know uh, gazettement or whatever. Ultimately, it's us. We have to make sure that we are uh, invested in this uh, in this in this space uh, and um, make it known that we are you know we, 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 we want to be part of this, uh, this this thing. I mean, can you imagine not having the green lung in Tamantun, You know, I mean it's so. Uh, uh, and uh, there's no guarantee uh, that this thing will be protected if not for the activism and the people and the, you know I think that's where it's quite important so yeah. yes get involved bring your children especially your children uh, to the uh, to the green lung and get them invested because I think the next generation is going to be important uh, you know for for the uh, protection of this green lung.
1: Mm-hmm. And my favorite line, tak kenal right? <laughs> <That's So> indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> so do go and visit. It's a lovely place, you know, for a weekend walk. There's something for everyone, basically. Yeah. If you'd like to find out more, uh, the website is fobk.org, and you guys are also very active on social media. Yeah. Yes.
0: Thank okay,
2: you. Okay. So yeah. there's
1: Twitter. There's Facebook. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Kribin.
2: Thank you so much, uh, Julia.
1: So I've been speaking to IR, Dr. Kribananda Naidu, the President of Friends of Bukit Kiara If you miss any part of our conversation today you can always download the podcast at bfm.my slash earth or you can find it on the BFM app This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture BFM 89.9
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast To find more great interviews go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes BFM 89.9 The Business Station